This time last week, we were joined by colleague Miles Fitzner to get his opinions around the upcoming summer slash autumn carnival. And our good friend Dean Evans is joining us this morning from Winning Edge Investments. Welcome, Dean. Good morning, Andrew. How are you going? I'm well. It was only like yesterday. It was springtime. And here we are, uh, summer and autumn carnival and the good horses are back. Yeah, it's it's, it's incredible, actually. It, it seems like they've all all decided to start off on, on Saturday. The fields are just incredible, you know. We sort of had the, the Christmas and, and January period, but um, the fields on Saturday are just exceptional. And, and, and it's just really exciting seeing all of these, uh, you know, top liners starting to resume their campaigns for the autumn. Well, I put it down to you to come up with a few horses to follow for our listeners. And I love the fact that you've come up with a couple of different ones. Uh, we'll get to those as we work through them. But let's start with the babies because everyone's intrigued building not only to the Blue Diamond in Melbourne, but obviously the, the path to the Golden Slipper. And I think that we there's one that we just can't wait to see on Saturday, and that's Metallicity. Yeah, look, he's a, he's a Peter Snowden-trained zoo star colt. He's a, he's a brother to uh, multiple Group 3 winning two-year-old Catch Me. It was, it was very precocious. Um, you know, he won a Canterbury 890-metre trial in late December, ran a clear quickest time of all five two-year-old trials, the fifth quickest last 400 of, of all trialers on the day, uh, which is very good for a two-year-old. And he then won a Rose Hill uh, January 4, 900-metre trial, again by half a length. Again, the clear quickest time of four two-year-old trials, and the 12th quickest last 400 of all trials on the day. And for me, you know, he's, he's one of the best two-year-old trialers I've seen in, in two or three years. Just the, not just the times he's running, but the way he's doing it is just very professional. He's trained by, I'd say, the best trainer of two-year-olds in, in Australia and, and Peter and Paul Snowden. And, and uh, look, he's had some issues. He's had a stone bruise and, and that, you know, is a real shame. And it, it's just a question of, you know, have they have they got over that and, and how serious was that? But, you know, if he, if he runs to his peak, then I think he's a really, really serious group one two-year-old uh normally a comment comes like i think we've already seen the slipper winner uh, do you rate metallicity that high if he races up to his trial form i do if he races up to his trial form absolutely i think uh you know i always have big concerns when horses have any injury because you know we, we have so many good horses and, and they're so even that you know it's very difficult to win big races off a, a troubled prep um and and you know this is going to be a real test for the, the snowden camp but on raw ability you know, I think this is a horse that we're going to be seeing a lot of. And, um, and yeah, he's really high quality. When you, you know, you're watching these horses every day, it's your business. Uh, when you saw Metallicity, say, for the first time and then maybe again in that last trial, what are you thinking? Give us your emotions of when you see a colt like him. Uh, yeah, you know, I got really excited when I saw him. There's, there's you know, I can go a whole year um looking at two-year-olds and and not get particularly excited about any of them you know there's there's lots of fast ones there's lots that sort of do it under pressure um but you know he's doing uh he, he's sort of doing things on his ear um you know having not had a race start yet uh you know that are really impressive and what i like are you know his sectionals always get better and better uh you know 600 meters 200 meters uh 400 meters 200 meters you know he just gets stronger and stronger uh, which is what you want to see from a two-year-old um and he's, he's doing it pretty easily so uh you know there, there's a lot of talent there uh, there's a big engine uh and you know it'll be very exciting to to see him resume i think peter snowden i was talking to him at the english classic sale earlier this week and i said you know what what are the expectations here are we selling it too hard with an unraced two-year-old to come on the scene and go towards the sipper. He said, look, 
we believe that he is one of our best Colts, uh, clearly, in this campaign. But trial form is just that. He needs to go to the races. So I guess we're all going to learn from barrier seven or eight there on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, we will. You know, I sort of, um, I trust I trust in what I've seen. Uh, I think it'll be, for me, it'll be more about whether the preparation has, uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough with these two-year-olds and he sort of had a bit of an interrupted prep with that stone bruise and had to have another trial. And, you know, I think I think if, if he doesn't run to, to what I expect, I, I think I'm going to put it down more to that than uh, than anything else. But, um, you know, I think he's, he's a talent that, that we'll be seeing a lot of, whether it's at two or, or even at three. That's metallicity in the uh, Piero plate. Now, one of the other two-year-olds that you've been waiting to see again is Charlotte. And this is the two-year-old for Joe Pride that finished behind Sir Jarden in the Golden Gift. Yeah, look, his debut run over 1,000 metres at Randwick, he, he ran fifth beat in two lengths, but he, he drew the car park. He was sort of three and four wide, flew home from last. He ran the quickest last 400 of the day, which for a two-year-old is, is really significant. And that's proven a good form race. Queen of the Ball was second there, and, and she bolted into win the, the Group 3 wooden by three and a half lengths. Third horse was Snick Cat, who ran third in the Magic Millions. And then, like you say, you know, he ran second in the Golden Gift at his second start. He was beaten a net to, to Sajardin, who, who ran third in the English Millennium. Uh, so, you know, I think he's been ridden so far by a jockey who has got a poor strike rate, get sort of black type in Metro races as well. I can, I can presume an, an A-grade top-line jockey might get on board to pounce for this prep. And you know, I think he could be a, a slipper size, champagne horse. Shalar, his sire, he's had Shakiro who won the Magic Millions last year. He sired a Group 1 winner overseas already and just his first crop of two-year-olds. So you can find a top two-year-old. Joe Pryor's not renowned for his two-year-olds, but... Uh, you know, he's got a very precocious colt here and, and I think he looks group one class and I think he's really going to be one to follow through the, the major two-year-old races. I'm just going to uh, text Joe Pride. We had him on the show, I think, this time last week. And at that time, he said that the colt had had a small blood problem, only small. It wasn't anything serious and they certainly weren't going to take any risks in taking him to a trial late last week. So I'll try and get an update while we're on air. It was... The plan was unsure first run, but they wanted to get to the Todman second up. Yeah, and that and that's you know I, I'm pleased to hear that because the Todman is absolutely the key lead up for the Golden Slipper, um, and and usually the winner comes out of that race uh, more often than not. So uh, he's targeting the right races, Josh. Yeah, uh, and I think you know while Sir Jarden may not have won the English Millennium, I think that he still showed us enough. I think the form line is okay. Yeah, I think, you know, so Jaden sort of didn't map very well in that race. I wasn't that keen on him just because the board would sort of get a long way back. And I thought it was a decent enough run. And, and you know, I think I think Charlatan, uh, you know, I think he's a better Colt. And, um, you know, I think he's really going to measure up and, and just get better as the campaign goes on. All right. As soon as we get an update from Joe, I'll uh, present just what he's thinking at this stage. Let's talk about the three-year-olds. Um, I'm going to take the angle of Espiona and say... What did it beat in Melbourne? You know, are we overselling this, Philly? Are we just creating a superstar too quickly? Are we raging in the markets and putting her up at a dollar eighty, a dollar whatever she is? Is just too tight and the light fingers on the weekend. Um, what are your overview of of Saturday going in? Uh, well, look, you know, she's 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 got a good field there a big big field of uh you know about 16 fillies there and there's some some sort of you know group one performed fillies so it's certainly a very good good uh race uh you know look i am a big fan of hers i sort of straight from the from her initial trials you know she 
she sort of flew home in her first ever trial and, and beat group performers like Fangirl and um, and Duchy of Savoy. Ran the fifth quickest last 200 of the day. Uh, you know, the next trial at Rose Hill was really impressive too. She bolted in at, at Warwick Farm. She ran plus 8.2 for the last 400. And at Flemington, you know, it's fine that she, she didn't beat much, but she ran plus 10.5 the last 800. She ran the, the first or second quickest uh, sectional for every sectional from the 1,000-metre mark down. So 1,000 metres, 800 metres, 600 metres, 400 metres, 200 metres. It's very rare when I'm looking at the numbers that any horse does that. She she looks a superstar. I think, you know, she's going to be incredibly hard to beat in the, in the group one surround and then the, the Coolmore Classic, the Coolmore Legacy, whatever they run her in. Um, if she's vulnerable, it probably is first up over, over 1,200 because I'd, I'd say she'll be, you know, even better once she gets to sort of 1,400 and, and, and 1,600. But, um, look, I, I do believe she's a superstar. You know, I... I I sort of felt, felt like I was the first one to find her early on in the trials, but I'm certainly not now. Everybody's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, jumping on her. But, um, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm not the type of punter who's going to dive in and take a dollar sixty about her on, on Saturday, um, you know, and I'll, I'll watch and, uh, and and hopefully be impressed. But, um, look, I, I do think she is a real deal and uh, it's just exciting to have such a good good filly to look forward to. A couple of scratchings in the light fingers. Mallory and Forsanini have both gone to Melbourne to run on the weekend. The other one of uh, Chris Wallers that we're going to see first up on the weekend, coming off the last three wins, is Fangirl. Uh, watching her preparation, how do you relate her with uh, with the other Waller filly that we've been discussing, Espiona? Uh, yeah, Fangirl's another horse uh, you know, I've, I've followed closely throughout her, her career. Um, you know, she bowled in by five lengths at gold, and I sort of you know, found her from the trials. She was very green. She sort of kept missing the start, which was a real concern, but she was just showing really good sectionals late. Um, you know, I, I, I actually backed her in futures 100 to 1 for the flight stakes and the, the 1,000 guineas, and, uh, and, and unfortunately Waller then you know, went to listed grade at Randwick and bolted in. And then, and then obviously she went to Flemington in the group three carbine club and won by 3.3 lengths and sort of ran plus 5.2 for the last 600. You know, I think it's a shame that she runs into Espiona. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what, what, you know, uh, Chris Waller does. He's, you know, whether, whether she takes a different direction to Espiona and runs against the boys and the Australian or Randwick guineas or goes to the binary. You know, I think, I think she'll get a bit of ground hopefully, but um I think she's A grade as well. I think she's Group One grade. I think she's just—it's uh, just unfortunate that she's going to end up in a, uh, you know, in the same uh, crop as as Espiona, who who really could be anything. But um, but I, I get the feeling while I might try to separate them, and and I, I think uh, Fangirl's really a horse worth following the the times and the way she finishes off, um, and also just you know what I like is you know I didn't like it for my futures bets, but I, I think Walla you know, pulled the right rein, just not throwing a right in the deep end and the flight or the thousand guineas sort of at group one level. He, he took his time with her and he saw her improve at Randwick and then he saw her improve at Flemington and just destroy the boys. Uh, and I think he had, you know, he had the autumn in mind. So, uh, you know, don't forget about her while everyone's, you know, jumping up and down about Espiona. Well, the market at this stage for Saturday, so for the light fingers, uh, Fangirls at $7, Espiona's at $1.60. Uh, they absolutely dominate the market. The next best, let me just work through this, uh, Jamea at $10. Uh, and down the bottom, we've got $17 Zuzarella, which uh, we heard earlier from Sam Friedman that uh, certainly cut out of the track will appreciate uh, be appreciated by that filly. It's a soft five at this stage. I think it's just the storms tomorrow, a bit hit and miss just how Ramwick will be on Saturday. 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's a bit of rain around, you know, it's expected to be a normal sort of swooping track at, at Randwick, which should be fine. You know, Espiona's won on a, on a heavy track on, on debut, so I don't think the wet's going to concern her. Fangirl, I, I think Fangirl will be better over a bit more ground, so I think she'll just sort of be hitting the line late, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm actually surprised she's she's that short in the market for a 1,200-metre race. There's some good fillies in that in that race, you know, horses like four moves ahead and, and Jamea and Star Tontes and Zuzarella could all be wound up. And, you know, if one of them, kicks ahead and, and and sort of gets a bit of a march um, on Espiona, then, you know, it's going to be an exciting race. He's, he's definitely going to have some fillies to, to have to run down. By the way, for our listeners, if you've got any thoughts around what Dean's saying, you can text them through and we'll uh, talk about it. 0499-736-736. The other of your three-year-olds is Converge, and it's probably similar to what you've just spoken about with Chris Wather. Adrian Bott, Gabe Waterhouse have got silent impact in Converge and they're both expected now to go to the Hobartville on Saturday week. Yeah, Converge, I, I think he's a real top liner. You know, the, the way he won the JJ Atkins Group 1 by 3.3 by lengths was just incredibly impressive. Um, you know, he, he then he had a dominant sort of Randwick 964-metre trial in August. One by 2.8 lengths was outstanding. I, I thought he could have been a, you know, a, a Guineas horse and then and gone to the Cox Plate like like Animo. Uh, but he caught a virus and was spelled. Um you know, he, he we we obviously followed in the Congo very closely, and he, he won the Golden Rose for us, and, and, and we won, won a few races with him in the prep. But you know, I think Converge is is uh, many lengths better horse than, than in the Congo. He's come back this prep. He, he settled back and rattled home to win a round of thousand meter trial in, in Jan twenty four by three lengths. It was plus two point nine. It was the seventh quickest last six hundred and the second quickest last two hundred of the day. Um, and then he ran a slash and third at Randwick first up, you know, over 1,200 metres against two, you know, sort of group one sprinters, Paul Laley and Ranch, and he was only beaten a length and he was in the wrong part of the track. I I think he can, you know, not only win the, the Randwick Guineas, and I think people sort of see that as the obvious, but I think he's actually going to prove a stayer. He's by Frankel, he's trained by Gay. I think he'll get to the Rose Hill Guineas over 2,000, and even the Derby over 2,400. I, I actually think he's a, a colt who could come out and, and potentially win all all three group ones. I, I think he's a real superstar and and sort of Animo's, uh, you know, a hot favourite at the moment. But um, but uh, I think Converge is, is going to prove right up to the absolute best of them. Okay, that's interesting thoughts. As I say, we're going to see that horse and Silent Impact at this stage on Saturday week against Animo. So these races, uh, they're just beautiful for us to enjoy, but also to learn so much about any of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting period. There's, there's a lot of really good up and coming horses, um, and it hasn't always been the case. You know, I, I think this is a really exciting crop of you know two year olds and and three year olds and, and open horses. Just just really exciting racing, which is fantastic. I want to get to your sprinters in a moment, but here comes just a couple. I like them when they just step out the, the outside the square, and we've been following a little bit this horse for Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexio Nasturtium. Yeah, I haven't heard. Too much about him. I've been following him very closely. We sort of backed him in, in uh, all of his three starts. He's a, he's a four-year-old Snittle Entai. He had his first start as a four-year-old, tried by by Gerald. He's had the three starts, Hawkesbury, Gosford and Canterbury, over sort of 1,100, 1,200. He's, he's led all the way in all three of them. He's won by six lengths, three lengths and two lengths. The times have been excellent. The early times that he's run are very strong and then he's still, you know, good to the line. I think he's going to make the grade. You know, this is his first prep. I'm, I'm not sure where he goes next um, and what they'll ultimately target with him for and, and even whether he'll, he'll press on uh, for autumn or whether they'll sort of put him away. But, no. but I think he's just a horse that, uh, um, you know, I think he's flying under the radar and I, I think people don't quite realize how good this horse is. I think he's a group horse for sure. 
Uh, the 19th of Feb, so I'm trying to work out. I haven't got a calendar in front. What date are we today, Dean? Uh, we're at... Uh... 19th is Saturday week. Okay, so there's a Phillies and Mares race, a benchmark... Se- oh, sorry, let me take that back. There's a three- and four-year-old race at Rose Hill on Saturday week, a benchmark 78 race over 1,100 is where Gerald's going to take the horse next. Okay, well, he'll win that. Um, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how deep they go because it is a horse's first prep. Uh, and I'm not sure the background of the horse and why it took a long time for him to run, but uh, looking in time, I think the sectionals he's running and, and the way he looks, you know, he's um, he's going to end up being a horse we're talking about in some nice races. I've grabbed for my calendar because I don't want to make a fool of myself here. The William Reed at Mooney Valley uh, is not far away. Uh, I don't know. I think someone pulled me coat at the English Classic sale the other day and they thought that Nasturtium, if everything went right, maybe they'd try the water just once before they go for a spell. Yeah, that, I'd like to see that. Um, I'd like to see him throw it in the, in the deep end because uh, I'd like to back him. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I think the William Reed looks like it's on the 25th of March. So, okay, so that could while. be a quick backup, but it's possible. Yeah, no, that'd be a month between. That'd be uh, the 19th. Oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, you're right. 19th I'm of Feb. February. Yeah, 19th yeah. of Feb and then the 25th of March. And they do like to space. So I'm not saying definitely. I'm just thinking of something. Yeah, yeah he's anyways. got great early speed. So 1,000 over the valley could could suit him. Um, the you other, might have to check out the futures markets. Yeah, uh, please. I'm not saying that it's definitely going there. I guess <laughs> they get through the 19th uh, Saturday week. The other one that I must admit I don't know a lot about is a three-year-old colt called Mars Mission. M-A-R-S Mission. Two words, trained by Hawkses. Yeah, three-year-old deep field colt. Uh, he, he sort of sat third and strode past them to, to win a, a Rose Hill 900 metre trial on 17 Jan. He was, he was plus 6.5 for the last 600, which was the quickest of the day. Uh, we backed him on debut at Warwick Farm. It was it was a pretty ordinary ride. He sort of uh, you know sat really three and four wide without cover throughout, but, uh, but maybe it was a good ride because he just knew what he had underneath him. Uh, and he sort of he ran the fifth quickest last 400 of the day and won comfortably on debut. He just looks very talented. He actually runs at Mooney Valley tomorrow night, Mars Mission. Um, and uh, uh, you know, and, and it's a step up in grade. Um, but, uh, you know, I expect him to be able to, to put that field away. And he just looks like a, a, a colt with a plenty of ability. And, um, you know, again, he's, he's sort of jumping in grades quickly. So I'm not sure where we'll get to in the autumn, but I, I think this is another, you know, certainly a group horse uh, mm. from the Hawks yard that's, um, you know, going to make the grade. Alan Bell in the ownership there, uh, the three-year-old Colt Mars Mission. And before we wrap up, uh, we've got about 90 seconds, Dean. Uh, Lost and Running is one of your sprinters, but can I get you to relate how you feel about Isotope? We spoke with Tony Gollan earlier in the week, and it's a nine-week gap between runs into the Galaxy next run. Yeah, I think she's the one to beat in the Galaxy. You know, it was super impressive to win off a 273-day break over the Magic Millions and, and you know, after a colic attack, and she just bolted in. You know, she's only a listed winner in a Group 2 place getter so far, but she looks a Group 1 mare any day any day of the week for me. She's beaten quality horses like Odeem, Away Game, Prague, Apache Chase. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, she's going to be hard to beat in the Group 1 Galaxy, and, and I think, um, you know, they're going to have a lot of fun with her. And Lost and Running uh, was your other one. So running through them from Dean's point of view, from the two-year-olds at Charlatan and Metallicity, the three-year-olds Converge, Espiona and Fangirl. We're going to see two of those on the weekend. The Sprinters, Lost and Running and Isotope. 
and of the others, uh, Mars Mission and Nasturtium. And we'll watch for uh, Nasturtium on Saturday week. I know there's others, but the good news for our SEN track listeners, whether they're live or whether they're podcasting, Dean is going to be back with us from around the 24th of this month to relate right through the Autumn Carnival with his uh, spy files that he loves to uh, pass on to our listeners. So uh, great news, Dean, that you're back with us for the Autumn Carnival. Uh, Really thank you for coming on and just passing on a few of your uh, notes regarding horses to follow. Thanks, Andrew. Enjoyed the chat and uh, looking forward to chatting with you uh, throughout the autumn. Good on you, Dean. Dean Evans uh, joining us there from Winning Edge Investments. Great to have him, as I say, a part of the uh, Bensley National Program. Uh, Starts officially in a couple of weeks, but great insight, particularly just his feelings on those two-year-olds. Let's take a break. This is the National Racing Program, heard on SEN Track.